Welcome to Indie Beauty Radio with your host, Rachel Whitaker, founder of the Indie Beauty Delivers community. Right, I just wanted to um, say hello and introduce everybody to Sinead from Lux Botanics. Here she is, she's all the way from sunny... Well, South Africa born, but I'm in Lisbon now. <laughs> there we go. Um, so we know that we've got Indie Beauty Expo coming to the UK for the first time this October. And we've put quite a few posts about that in We Are Indie Beauty. And I've received floods and floods of comments back from loads and loads of different people all about um, how it works, what to expect, um, it costs a lot, is it worth it? And I really wanted to do something for you all to try and answer those questions. And I've followed Janae's experience of doing, it was the LA Expo that you did. Yes, yeah. my first one was LA. Was the, and uh, I've been following her progress through and what's been happening to her during this journey. And I thought she'd be the perfect person just to have a quick chat with to try and answer some of those questions. Because most of us here in the UK haven't been lucky enough to even visit the expo um, because we've not managed to get over there. So it's a completely new experience to us. And we don't have anything like this currently really in the UK. So it's quite exciting. Um, but we would love to know more. But before I kind of get asking all the all the te- all the difficult questions, will you just tell us a little bit about um, your brand and where you came from and how long you've been going for, Janae? Sure. So um, as Rachel said, I'm Janae. I'm the founder behind Lux Botanics, which is a botanic skincare line uh, for the wellness conscious woman. Um, I started the line at the end of 2015, um, trying to bring together my scientific training and my love for nature. I, I grew up in Africa, so I think I have this extreme and profound love of what I came from. And I've always sort of wanted to tie those two together. So Lux Botanics presented me with that opportunity um, because the line is based around three core botanicals, um, two of which are from Africa, Marula Oil and Kigelia Africana from Malawi, and one of which is from Brazil, it's Camu Camu, and that's one that I encountered on my travels. So the line is really completely organic. Um, It's based around um, the two tenets that I really strongly believe in, and that is scientific evidence and efficacy, which I think is extremely important. Um, And secondly, that everything we do uplifts the community where our um, core botanicals are harvested um, through a fair trade living and also through a great charitable partnership with Buy One, Give One. And everything we do runs to these two central tenets along the line of allowing nature to nurture. So Lux Botanics has been going since 2015. um, And 2018, I can't believe it. Wow. So about three years then. Yeah, about three. a bit of background, it took me about six to nine months of R&D, um, six months of what I call my lean startup start mode of sending discovery kits to press, media, influencers, um, just to kind of get feedback on the brand before I put money into full-size product. And I'm very proud to say that there was not one negative comment um, from any of those reviewers. So, yay! <laughs> then we went into full-size, um, which we debuted at Indie Beauty Expo in LA. Awesome. All right, that's brilliant. Thank you very much for the intro. So let's ask all the questions that everybody's been asking me. So first of all, can you talk us through um, really how the application process kind of um, evolves? Because obviously when you first go on the website, I think you just put in your sub- you sort of submit, um, but where do you go from there? What can people expect to be asked or to do as, as that progr- pro- process moves forward? 
Sure. So it actually starts before that, I would say. Um, for us and many of the brands I've met at IBE, it actually started with an Instagram flirtation with Gillian Wright, who's the co-founder. Um, a lot of sort of chatting and, you know, just chatting on Instagram, following each other, um, and really just putting ourselves in front of Gillian. Um, she was one of the people I sent a discovery kit to before we launched um, to get her feedback as an aesthetician and someone in the industry. Um, and it was very encouraging. So when we did our actual application, um, one of the key things for us was proving that we are natural, organic, uh, clean and green, which is totally different categories as well. Um, so I think it, they sort of asked a few questions around that. It was very, very informal. I think mostly what they're looking for is authenticity um, in what you do and a really good brand story. Um, and then like any good job interview, making sure that you fit and align to this community that they've created because truly it is a community. Um, so they're looking for additions to that. So when you put your initial submission through, you'll fill out a form on the on the platform and then do you do they come back to you then following that? Yes, they came back and it, it was really simply a, you know, which category do you fall into? Are you clean? Are you green? Are you natural and organic? Because they are different. Um, yeah, and really just checking our credentials, having having a bit of feedback on the brand story, and it was all just over email. So it really, it honestly isn't that hard so long as you fit into the indie beauty space, which is quite broad. Brilliant. I love the bit, <laughs> and I talk about this all the time with a lot of the brands that I work with. I love the bit about being in contact with organisations and people prior to really, you know, just getting to know how what they are passionate about and what they're enjoying and what they're doing and saying hello and that's what's so great about social media nowadays is you can say hello to anybody <laughs> there are no barriers anymore there's nobody too big not to just be able to say hello to so that's a really 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 good tip yeah, I like know, that a lot. it's a good way to break the ice as well and figure out if, if you are right for this community as I said it is I mean, the definition is broad, but the community in itself has very strong shared values. Um, and as I said, one of them is authenticity and honesty. Yeah. So um, I think if, if you aren't comfortable yet with your brand story and really having rooted out the why of, of what you do, what you do, which goes beyond being a business owner, um, I think that that will show through. So make sure that you are ready to be fully authentic and open because when you're actually at the expo, it's full on. So you need to be prepared. Yeah, and that, actually that's a really good question, or it leads us on to a really good question that a few people have asked as well. And it's that, how do you know you're at the stage in your brand development where you are right to be putting yourself forward for this? Look, I think I had quite a unique situation because I did my lean startup and I sent out my discovery kits. Um, if the feedback had come back from those kits to change things or change look and feel, um, I wouldn't have been confident to go straight to IBE. Um, I was confident because of the positive feedback, um, because of my growing social media following, um, because of a couple of interviews I'd already done with press um, that had been received well. So, you know, we all like to believe that we're right and we know that we're doing the right thing, but, you know, external validation is very important, um, particularly if you're going to spend the amount of money as what this costs to go to an expo. Mm -hmm. And so the trial packs that you sort of sent out and the test sort of situation that you were, obviously Gillian got included in that, but what sort of other people were you sending those to? 
international press, Elle, Harper's Bazaar, um, Vogue, as well as influencers, micro-influencers, so around 20K, and a couple of influencers that were 150, 200K followings. Um, I got them all actually through a wonderful PR contact friend of mine and got their mailing addresses and just kind of mailed them out. I sent over 100 all around the world. Um, and it took about three months to get the feedback and see, you know, articles coming out about it and reviews. So. Brilliant. Yeah, which is good. It gives you the confidence to, to move forward. And you talked about the fact that you've really got to understand the why, the big why behind what you're doing. Totally. Um, and I think, look, when I started out, you get a lot of validation from friends and family, and, and that is great. But are you really solving a problem. I mean, we hear this all the time. We think, yes, yes, totally, you know, I'm unique, but you have to be hard on yourself and really get down to it. Um, and I think when you start to see external validation coming in via social media, and I mean authentic comments and interactions that you're having, not just follower numbers going up. Um, I don't think numbers are important, actually. Um, and things coming in perhaps globally as well, that you're seeing a, a little bit of uptake uh, from around the world, then I think it's a good time. Yeah. Great. So it's definitely not for brands who are very, very new. They need to be out there. They need to be confident. They need to have their products and they need to be getting that kind of exposure and feedback. Yeah, look, um, I mean, Julian and the team will not take you on if you're not ready to make sales at the event. Yeah. Um, so at the event, we did make sales. Um, this was LA last year, beginning of 2017. So we made sales at the event. Um, we actually had a bit of a hiccup with our moisturizers at the time that we only had testers and we didn't have any sale. Um, but we obviously took names and, and emails and things and let people know as soon as they were available. So look, I mean, we had hiccups along the way. I think everyone does. So we were right at the beginning. I'm not going to say it's wrong if you're completely new, but you do need to have a validated idea because the last thing you want is to put yourself in front of, it was close to, I think, a thousand buyers. Um, it was to differentiate between 220 brands on the floor. Um, so just just be ready. Yeah, 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 definitely. Then you've got to have some confidence <laughs> when you're there. Practice in front of the mirror over and over and over what you're going to say because um, what I should correctly call your pitch changes constantly um, based on visual cues and feedback from the people you tell it to. So yeah. um, practice, practice, practice. Yeah, so that's great. So when if you decide to go for it and we get through that kind of selection process and um, how do the events work? Because we don't know, we, we really don't have anything that quite sits on the same level as this over here in the UK. So what actually happens in the events? How long are you there? Yeah. <laughs> Who's coming to see you? What are they expecting you to do? Yeah, sure. Um, look, I think you need to know that beforehand, um, Gillian and her team are doing an immense amount of advertising for the brands that will be there. Um, there's obviously some upsell packages you can do, like get onto their EDMs and onto their socials. But in general, there's a big conversation happening. So buyers and press are already primed to meet the brands that they've sort of seen on social media. Um, and again, it's not about following numbers. It's, it's about things that they've seen and liked and they want. They're just curious to meet you. Mm -hmm. So the whole event comes to this thing of knowing that these people are kind of watching you and waiting. And um, it starts with the day of beauty, what they now call Beauty X, which is their training day. And yeah. I love that it starts before the actual shop Indian trade because it gives you as a founder an opportunity to meet industry professionals. Um, number two, meet potential mentors, um, which is a huge part that's come out for me. Um, friends and really just people in the same boat. So I found it really, really relaxed me 
to yeah. then go to shop Indian trade because I wasn't sure what I was getting into. This was my first expo. I have no idea. So that goes for a whole day. Um, they teach you about how to approach press, how to handle desk sides, um, approaching influencers and crafting your story with them long term. Um, finance is a very important aspect as well for all of us. So they talk us through that, how to validate your business plan. Um, there are a couple of other things I'm sure I'm missing, but you can look on the Beauty X agenda. Um, and that usually ends with a cocktail reception. And, you know, that, that's also another way to sort of end that day. Yeah. Um, I went to the LA one kind of a little bit thinking um, that it would be a bit more relaxed than it was. So just a little bit of advice. It, it is very um, intense and there's a lot of learning. So go a little bit more prepared than I was and take an actual notebook. Yeah. <laughs> to take notes on my phone. No. Yeah. So day, so day one is really... It's all, it's all about mentoring you as brands. So it's preparing yeah, you for what's going to happen for the rest of the expo, but also loads of stuff that you take away back into your business. Completely. I mean, I've oh, cool. pages and pages of notes. Yeah. That was one of the best experiences. And I think, like I said, meeting people and having a chance to, like, pitch your brand to press. I mean, they come off the stage and everyone kind of swamps them and, you know, you want to try and get in there. So it's a good practice for that as well. Um, and then, yeah, you move into the next day, which they usually do shop indie from about 5 p.m. the next day. But yeah, so that's the bit where the general public can buy the tickets to come in and have a look at everybody's stuff. So what you may not realize is that two hours before that, the show is actually open for VIP press. So these are the people that have got the Indie Beauty Expo goodie bags that you will have an opportunity to contribute to. And it's obviously just going to cost you product, nothing else. Um, so these people are walking around for two hours before everyone else walks in. Um, and this is big press. I mean, this is Vogue, Elle, Allure, Rachel, Zoe. Um, I mean, on my first one in LA, I met Bobby Brown, made the mistake of not knowing who she was and asking what she did. I was gobsmacked. I mean, when she said, oh, I'm Bobby Brown, I was like, oh, my word. <laughs> Um, so that first two hours was like a real um, primer for what was to come. And just backing up before that as well, you have time to set up your booth that morning from I think it's 8 or 8.30 in the morning that you can access the space um, to pick up all of your things, start unpacking your booth, putting it together. If you have flowers, the flower people that Indie Beauty will help connect you with um, will deliver your flowers that day. Um, and just as well, anything that you need delivered for the expo can be delivered to the venue that they choose, but it must arrive the day before. Um, right. so if, yeah. if there's a team at the, at the site while Beauty X is going on, sort of putting everything at the booths and moving your boxes. So don't worry, logistics is really well taken care of. Um, and for those of us that are from, not from the US, they do give you an international logistics company to receive your stuff and bring it to your booth. So, that's all taken care of. So you do your unpacking, set up your booth. Um, for us, it usually takes three to four hours. Don't underestimate. There's always something you've forgotten. And you've designed the, the concept of your stand, your booth yourself. I have. I have. Um, you know, it's, it's up to you on, on your look and feel and how, how much you want to spend. Um, I would say for us, including flowers and setups, usually around about a thousand US. Um, but we do also get a big booth and we do have quite a big stand and stuff, so we can get onto that. But So you do that. Um, I will say the IBE team always has things like scissors and glue and all those little things they will have. But if you forget to do stuff, 
you know. <laughs> All the sorts of stuff that you forget in the hurry. Yeah, <laughs> and the panic and the worry. Yeah, there's always panic. And then you go into that VIP two hours um, where you meet the press. And then you go into Shop Indie, which is one of my favorite parts. Um, Jillian always likes to remind me that Shop Indie is the flirting part. You know, you get to be a bit fun and interact with your customers and really have engaging conversations with them. Um, and yeah, it, it's heaps of fun. I mean, there's a big DJ, there's a bar open for the customers to walk around. So they're all walking around with wonderful champagne. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's a good opportunity for sales as well. Um, we've had really good sales at Shop Indie. Um, my advice to brands that are perhaps from out of country or doing it the first time in the UK, um, you think people have cash, they won't um, have some way of taking credit card payments. Yeah. Um, we use an app, um, well, first of all, we have Stripe and PayPal, but we use an app that's tied to Stripe called literally Payment for Stripe. Put it on your phone, people type in your credit card details and boom, it charges them. So that was the easiest way we found to do payments. And it's yeah. really, there's no like typing in their phone number and their address. It's just card number, amount, off it goes. Um, so yeah, I think for Shop Indie, just be prepared to take payments. Um, be prepared to have lots of brochures. Um, lots of samples are really important. Um, yeah. You know, particularly when you're a new brand, like we were at LA and some people had heard of us, some hadn't, you know, so... I love the saying someone once told me that it takes 12 touch points for someone to trust you. Um, so if you're new, you know, they're not likely to spend 70 US on a serum straight up. So have some samples, have some information um, and always do a little giveaway. You know, if, if they buy, I think the first time we did, if they buy over 100 US, um, they got a free um, 15 ml sample. So like a deluxe sample. Um, have things like if they snap a photo with you and they put it on the Instagram, they get something for free. So think about ways you can engage. Yeah. Um, you know, I've seen some brands do massages or manicures or, or anything. I mean, <laughs> at Neiman Marcus um, in October, I launched our new mist and that proved to be amazing because people would walk past and I'd say, do you want a free misting? You know, <laughs> I just spread people so fast. <laughs> So just small things to keep it interactive. Um, and another tip I'd say, stand in front of your booth. Never stand behind your booth. Never stand, yeah. I think that can be perceived as offish and not wanting to engage. So, yeah, but, I mean, in general, look, Shop Indie is going to prepare you for trade because it's fun, it relaxes you, it shows that people do actually like your product, people are going to buy it. So it really um, builds your confidence. This is mostly members of the public at this point. Oh, there are buyers in there then, or are they going at a separate time? Well, I've had some buyers at shop. Um, not that many. I think some do it just to kind of maybe be sneaky or, or see the feel, see if people actually yeah. like maybe. I have had some press at shop. Um, but mostly shop, the people I was meeting was customers but, but bloggers. Um, a lot of bloggers don't want to pay for the trade day. Yeah. Um, it can be expensive if they're not big yet. Um, and I think it was good to meet micro-influencers, those people who are really going to connect with you and tell your story as a third party, you know. So it doesn't require payment. It requires a bit of product and a smile. Yeah. Um, they'll tell your story. So I think that's probably one of the bigger opportunities at Shop Indie. So you need to be on point because you don't know who's going to be there. It could be a whole mixture of different people. And you do need reasonable amounts of products by the sounds of it. People are there to spend money. They are coming to spend money and buy new and exciting stuff. 
Definitely. I mean, there, there was a lot of money spent. I um, can't remember what the average was for the brands, but I, I think we made close to 2,000 US in LA the first time we'd ever exhibited as a brand. Um, which, I mean, hey, it goes a long way to covering costs. So Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it does. So we've got the, uh, the kind of the education day, which is now called Beauty X. We've got the evening where people are coming in from the public and some others. Um, to, and then what happens? This is the big one next. Well, and then you go to bed and try and get a good night's sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but you're always a bit excited, so I take some melatonin with me. or I'm, <laughs> But um, I, I will just say take care of yourself over these few days because, I mean, like in L.A., my partner and I, Rachel, we didn't eat the whole time because we were just crazy and running around, and I think that was a mistake. So sleep well before trade ending. <laughs> Get up the next day. Um, we were there an hour before because we had an interview in the morning um, at the expo. So we were there at about 7.30. Um, don't be late. Uh, people will not like it if you're late. There are buyers knocking down the door at 10 a.m. So be prepared. Um, it is going to be a long day. Um, I will say logistics-wise, IBE does provide lunch, which is fantastic. And they also have a rest area at the back with couches and like a private area for founders to go and just kind of chill if you need, you know, 10 yeah. minutes. Um, it's also a place you can hold important meetings if you need to. Um, so it's not like Cosmoprof and that we have to pay extra for this. It, it comes with, which is fantastic. Um, and the trade day, I think, got pretty serious. Um, people ask very intense questions um, so there was a little bit of your you know your two two minute pitch what you're doing um, I always like to take them through every product um, I think I was famous for people you know putting product all the way up their arms because <laughs> I'm making them try everything because with natural it's it's often about a feel and a smell um, rather than a story sometimes and you can see their eyes light up when they when they touch it so I'd go through that spiel and then it would always come down to, right, what are your prices? What are your wholesale prices? Um, how long is it going to take you to get me product? And, you know, if I need to refill and I've got a big order, how long does that take? Um, so be prepared. Have a line sheet or a product sheet or a buyer sheet, whatever you call it. We have a, an A4 sheet that flips onto both sides with just our products um, in, in a line, you know, what they do, what they're good for, how much they are, what's the, the um, wholesale price, and, you know, how long is our lead time. So those are something we would hand out along with the brochure and obviously lots of business cards. But, yes, be prepared for those kind of questions. And this is constant, they're there from 10 right through till? Yeah, there was no slowdown. Like I said, we didn't eat. There was no, no stop. <laughs> so be prepared. But, I, I mean... The, the didn't eat thing sounds terrible, but I didn't think about it. I didn't know. No time. <laughs> no time because literally there are that many people. Um, you know, just to compare from what I've heard of things like Cosmoprof, it's a lot of appointment setting. And because at Cosmoprof, some people pay extra to have this package with prearranged meetings, the buyers are in meetings all day. Right, yeah. And so if you didn't do that package, they're just kind of walking past maybe getting a brochure and walking away. With IBE, because they aren't putting them in a back room and they're all in the room all day, um, they're really, really investigating every brand on the floor. They're taking their time to talk to you, get to know you. Um, so, yeah, I think it's much more personable and I think every brand gets an equitable share of the buyer's time. Um, so, like I said, stand in front of your booth, 
you're behind your booth or you're leaning down to grab something, have someone else standing at the front. Because um, if the buyer walks past and you don't look engaging, that's it. That was your try. That was your, that was your moment. <laughs> yeah, it's scary, but it's, but it's true. <laughs> um, so that's yeah. the trade day then. Is that it? What happens next? So that's usually 10 to 5. Um, 5 p.m., they kind of flick the lights, the DJ goes off, and they, they very politely move people out. I think the IBE team does a great job of doing that because by 5 p.m., you're, you're done. I you've mean, had honestly, it, yeah. You, you want to pack up and go. So you have from 5 till I think, 8.30 or 9 to pack everything up um, and ship it, ship it away. There's, again, IBE's got lots of staff walking around to help you lift heavy things. Um, if you need a trolley, if you need packing tape, um, always take your own, but they are there. And there's so many of them, so don't think you'll be alone. Um, you know, for myself and Rachel, it was the two of us trying to pack up a huge booth and we had loads of help, so don't worry about that. And then go home and have a very well-deserved glass of wine and a nice dinner because you've done it. <laughs> There's nothing more you can do. <laughs> oh, I bet that I can't imagine how wonderful it must feel. And the buzz, the kind of like the, ah, we did it! And the, the positivity and the feedback and the possibilities are quite amazing. The thing that makes me happiest is when I come home, I have this little um, zip-up pouch, Lux Botanic zip-up pouch, quite a big pouch. And I always come home and I feel how many business cards I have in there and I think, yes. That was a good day. <laughs> it's about the impression and what comes after. I mean, there are very few brands who will get a deal made on the day. Um, I think if that happens, you've met them before or you've already started a conversation or they have been following you and they really want you. Yeah. So just don't feel bad if you don't make a deal on the day. I don't think many people do. Yeah. Oh, that, no, well, that, well, that's good advice. And that does take us on quite nicely to what happens after post-expo. What <laughs> actually happens and what should brands be doing in that time to make the most of that opportunity that they had? Sure. Um, I think the biggest thing it did was, for me, a huge boost of confidence, which led me into fantastic conversations. Um, I think that, con that um, happiness and, and exhilaration I walked out with really, really made for good um, uh, retail conversations after that. But I think first point is to say the biggest thing about IBE is the press that comes out of it. Because I don't know about you girls, but I'm not paying someone for press. Um, it's 5,000 US a month if you're lucky. You don't have the money. So if you're going to spend 7,000 US on, on IBE, that's two months worth of PR. And out of the show comes, I mean, a myriad of articles, hundreds of articles. So that was a really great way to get us in front of the consumer. And don't forget retailers read this press. Um, and they all follow each other. So... If you've got great press and then you sign one store, the other stores are all watching that store and who they bring on. And, and you know, it, it leads to this, um, yeah, just this, this wonderful branching out of connections you couldn't possibly have thought to happen. So for us, I mean, we've had, I don't know how much press coverage, but we, we aim to do around 5,000, um, uh, our reach is about 5, 000, uh, 5 million impressions a quarter, which is what we aim for. Out of IBE, I think we usually walk away with about 3 million impressions. So that, that is based on unique impressions on social media, press, all of those things. Your press people should be able to talk you through how to measure that. And you should be measuring it because stores will ask. Um, 
And following on from that, I mean, we've just had the most amazing uh, retailers. For example, the one in Canada that we launched in October last year, Maison Etiquette. Um, we didn't, we wouldn't have met them without IBE. Um, Credo and Detox Market that we've both talked to, um, they, they just wouldn't have approached us out of the blue. I mean, if I'd sent them an email, they would have said, who's this, you know? Um, so they saw me at LA and they talked to me in New York. So it does take a couple of times, right, for these big stores. Yeah, so it's almost like um, the expo umbrella or the kind of the expo protection sort of means that you're almost being endorsed. Well, you are being endorsed. Mm -hmm. You're being chosen yeah. part of an amazing expo because of the quality of your products and the story and everything else. So actually retailers are much more, uh, they, they're talking to you much more freely than perhaps yeah. if you just go off spec and introduce yourself. They are. I mean, the first IBE, we walked away with 80 retailers contacts. Um, this one in New York, we walked away with about 150. And this is from all over the world. Um, so backing up to one key point I probably missed when we talked about Trade Indie, they are going to ask you your, about your global reach. Um, do you have regulatory approval in Europe, Canada? I mean, the Canadian store I couldn't have launched if we didn't. Have you looked yeah. into Australia, Thailand, Singapore? Because buyers literally come from everywhere. This, this expo has drawn people I would never have met. Um, even though I lived in Asia for five years, I've met uh, Malaysian and Thai women who are so keen to get this organic beauty movement happening in their countries. So, um, yeah, I mean, we've signed, oh gosh, can't remember how many retailers now, but this quarter alone, because of New York, we're going to sign another five. So it's, it really is a snowball effect. Um, don't feel bad if in the month or two afterwards everything goes a bit quiet. And it does. I mean, these people are overwhelmed, just as you were. So give it a month or two. Let them rest with the idea of your brand. Keep flirting with them on Instagram. And then start having your phone calls, contacting again. Um, I think a lot of people say you should do it straight away the week after so they don't forget you. But they're so inundated. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with you. Whenever you go to any of these things, it is always a bit like the, you've got the dust got to settle, hasn't it? And you just need to for everybody because they're exhausting. Whatever side of the the, the the booth you are is pretty exhausting. And the conversation is more meaningful when you've given that press a bit of time to come out. Let's not forget, PR takes a month or two um, to really come out for bloggers to do their reviews. They've taken home eighty, a hundred products to try. Um, so, you know, it's great to have these initial emails and keep the contact going, but the meaningful conversation will come when, as I say, they've had those touch points. They've been convinced about you. Um, so it, it does take a couple of months. Don't expect it to be overnight. Yeah. Okay. Now, we were talking before we started recording, and I forgot to ask it as part of it, so I'm just going to backtrack ever so slightly. Because when you um, decide to go for the expo and um, Jillian and her team um, sort of come and have a look at you and say, yes, yes, you're the ones we want. You get choices about how big a sort of booth or table or space that you've got. Can you just talk us through what those sort of sizes are and, and, and your experience of them? Um, I'll try and remember, but um, there's basically, I think they call it tabletop is the first one. Which yeah, is, I think that's right, yeah. From memory, I think that's a 900 by 900 table, which you think is small, but it's actually not that small. I've seen people do wonderful things with that space by sort of um, creating some levels um, and, and sort of upward motion in the way that they do it. Yeah. Putting banners behind them and things um, so they can look really good. 
Um, tabletop is usually in an area of average traffic. I wouldn't say high traffic. Um, it's usually at one end of the expo, not in the middle, where the, it's not close to the bar or not close to the DJ, but it's still very good. Um, I think Rachel and I, when we were talking, um, one point I made is don't forget that there are big brands that take these small tables. I mean, you probably all know Floripi, the sheet mask people, Antonym Cosmetics. Um, these are big brands and they are taking these smaller tables. So they will draw press into the area. They will draw buyers. Um, so if that is all that you can afford, you'll be, you'll be fine. Um, I think the, the next step up, I uh, can't remember if it's called premium or, but it's, it's the, the next step up in table size. And it's about 1.8 meters by 900 depth. Um, and that's what we normally do because we've got seven SKUs, now eight SKUs, plus samples and discovery kits and a lot of things. Um, I actually find the table a bit small sometimes. Um, it sounds massive when you said it to me then. I'm kind of picturing you thinking, oh, God, that's huge. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it's cool as a, you know, a six-foot person. So. Um, but there's a lot of info that goes on to it. And if you've got multiple people at your booth, you do need the space mm -hmm. um, to move around and sort of get your stock out from underneath or behind or whatever your, your display is. Um, in this space, I don't believe you have to use the table. I think you can do your own setup as well, but it just has to be confined to that booth space. Mm -hmm. um, so those are usually in higher traffic areas, um, not super high traffic yet. Um, the one up from there is what I think is called the premium, which is the same size table, but in high traffic. So um, corners, um, right across from the bar, um, right across from the lounge, um, next to the people doing the flower crowns. Um, we did that booth for LA and that was amazing. Yes, it's a lot more, but it's where all the buyers are walking past. Um, we had... Herba Viva next to us um, in the same size booth and they had completely deconstructed the booth, put in lounge chairs and it was absolutely amazing. On the other side we had Au Natural Cosmetics by Ash um, and her team also deconstructed the booth and it was they were doing makeovers so these are really big brands and they're pulling in the big guys, uh, the big press, the big buyers so yeah. for us to launch in the US that was a key choice, it was by far the best booth we've done. Um, when we did New York, we did the one down from that, so the same size table, but a bit cheaper, not totally high traffic, and we were fine because it was our second expo. Um, people knew to look for us. We had a lot of people coming to find us, um, and buyers knew, knew where to look for us as well. And then the very, very top one, which I'm not sure if any of us are there yet, is um, the huge space. You know, it's, I think it's, oh, I don't know, it's about three times the size of that 1.8 meter table. So it's massive. It requires a lot of um, planning, a huge amount of staff, um, and, and really becomes an installation. So those are... I was are about to say, we're talking more sort of like installation at that point though, aren't we? It's making me think of the Chelsea Flower Show where they do all those massive installations <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the halls there. Yeah, I mean, we were next to Poimois uh, Skincare, uh, who was also with us, Neiman Marcus. They had one of those huge booths, um, and we were next to them in our lower-than-premium booth um, in New York, and they drew a huge amount of people. So it was great for us as well, because people were spilling over from their booth into ours. So, yeah. you know, yeah. the money was well worth it. <laughs> Um, well, the message is there are some of the bigger brands in the smaller areas, so even though it says it's not such a high footfall, or you are get, still getting quite a lot of interest at moving around. And I've also seen, um, I do remember a friend of mine um, who's busy launching as well, 
um, in the smaller area, but she didn't use the table. What she did, and I think was ingenious, she put up a huge banner behind her, two little tables next to her with her product, and she stood there and just talked to everyone. She wasn't hiding behind her table. She wasn't, you know, like just doing what everyone else did with a banner and a table. She really had this interactive space. I mean, you're walking past, you see this girl standing there. She's all funky and cute. You go and talk to her. So make yourself stand out and you'll be totally fine. Um, the other thing to say quickly about the booths, um, they are assigned in order of paying um, IBE in full. So if you wow. come in late, you get last choice. Yeah. So like I know they're busy securing um, New York now. So I think the first payment is due by the 15th of Feb and I think final payment in May. Um, but of course, if you can pay it all up front, then you get first choice. And then right. you have someone phone you, um, they, they probably sit there all of July, you know, just calling people and asking you where. You get half an hour to choose where your booth is and then they move on to the next person. So my advice is always pick high traffic if you can. Um, yeah. And there is high traffic within the tabletop areas and the normal areas as well. So just be mindful of where you, where you put yourself. Yeah. So that's so that's great advice then because you, you may not you may not realise that. But yeah, if you can afford to pay up front and get it done, do it because you're gonna get a better place. Yes, yeah. and it will serve you better in the end. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's really interesting. Because we talked briefly about this before we started the interview. Um, it is quite an expensive expo, it's quite an expensive outgoing um, for any brand. So it's really good to hear that um, when you just read description tabletop, it's a bit like, wow, I just get a tabletop? Um, but that's really good to hear that actually, no, you don't just get a tabletop. You get an There's a real opportunity there. There are bigger brands mixed in with you. You can get better a better tabletop. You can do different things with it. You don't have to just, so even if you can yeah. only afford that's the, the lower, the, the, the cheaper end of it, you still get yeah. some really good stuff from it. And I've seen fantastic booths done with IKEA stuff. Yeah. yeah. Jazz it up. Um, yeah. Go online, Google. There's so many images of the booths now. I think they've been running for three years. So lots of great ideas out there. And just do something to make yourself stand out. Um, yeah. Even if you only use the actual table, which we do, we don't do a, a total fit out. Um, make it engaging. Make it loud. Make it bright. Um, have a big high banner behind you. Don't, don't have some tiny little things sitting behind you. You know, big, bright, engaging. That's how you get attention. Yeah, yeah, I sound, God, it sounds, I, I, I don't even have any products, I feel like I need to have some so that I can go and do it. <laughs> so, the, one of the biggest questions that comes up is it is, it is, um, it is a big expense and um, I think we've talked quite a lot about you need to be in a position as a brand to have the, A, a the products, B, the confidence, you need to have some reach. Uh, you need to have a presence that's, that people already are aware about to some extent. So this isn't something that a start, a really, really early stage startup is going to be looking at. No. So there needs to be some some history and work that's been done beforehand, which then makes the money a little bit more uh, more more accessible. Yeah. And I think what you've also illustrated really well is that, and I'm going to. I'm going to ask you to go into a little bit more detail and expand is that from what I can hear in your opinion you've done two expos and it's been well worth it yep and we're going to do another two I, well I was going to ask you that so I was going to say when are you doing your next one and are you going to be in London 
Well, let, let me just say that we've committed um, to IBE and, and with our budget as well, that we'll try to be there twice a year. Um, obviously, dependent on other retailer engagements, things like Neiman Marcus come up and, you know, wow, budget goes, goes crazy. But I think two a year is vital. I think it keeps the conversation going. Um, for us this year, we'll be doing New York again in August, and we'll also be doing London. Um, with with myself being based in Europe, we are doing a European launch as well. I think it's really important to engage, you know, the side of the pond, as we say. Yeah. Um, but yes, I think doing two is well worth it. And I know, I know it's a lot of money, um, but I also know that you'll hustle and you will make it worth it. Um, you know, I, I'm always a believer. Yes, it's a lot, but don't half do something. Do it properly, do it fully, and you will see the return. Um, I mean, even if it's just the press, it's, it's worth it when you consider the cost of the press office. Um, and press is unbelievably important, mm. um, particularly to the retailers. So don't forget that. Mm. And I think it's really interesting, actually, that, that um, you've really stressed there that it's not a one-off thing. As far I mean, I'm, I'm, there may be people who do it as a one-off thing, but for you, it's not a one-off thing. Actually, this is so beneficial and has such good results for your business that it's a, it's a strategy that you now put in place because it does it brings you so much exposure from the press and also the opportunities with retailers. Look, I also think um, you shouldn't just do something for the sake of doing it. I think you need to have a reason. Um, oh, there goes my battery. Um, you, you have to do it when you've got something to say. Um, you can't just have a conversation about the same thing over and over in the same market. Press gets tired, retailers get tired, they've heard it. Um, there is a reason that we're doing New York again. I can't tell you now, but there is definitely a, a new conversation to be had. Um, and London is a new market. Yes. So, you know, I would say we would do London again in 2019 to continue the European conversation. And the US um, it will depend on where our retailers are, whether we do Dallas or LA or, or New York. Um, but I, I do think you need to do this as an ongoing thing, but it doesn't always have to be New York mm -hmm. uh, or London. Change it up. Mm -hmm. And you've had some interesting opportunities come off the back of doing Expo. You saw quite a lot, and it was very exciting because they took the expo into Neiman Marcus. Yes, they did. They did. And was that just a select few of you? It was. It was. I'm just going to get my my charger. One second. Okay. <laughs> my, otherwise, my laptop's going to die, and you're going to lose me. Um. So sorry. Back charging. Um. Yes. So New York was the most surreal experience because I got to IBE and I walked in the door and, you know, Jillian kind of pulled me aside and she was like, take a deep breath. And I was like, Oh, what have I done? You put me in the corner. <laughs> she said to me, you're going to meet Neiman Marcus today. And I was like, what? You must be kidding. I love Neiman Marcus. You know, every time I go to the US, that's my luxury retailer. It's where I get all my handbags. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? And I didn't realize that IBE, and you, you may not realize as well, is growing beyond being an expo. Um, yeah. They are forming these amazing retail partnerships, not just in the US. I mean, all over the world. It's ongoing. You'll hear about more of them um, throughout this year. Um, and what they've done is they've gone and pitched some of these brands to these retailers, and the retailers have then come to meet us at IBE. Um, there was quite a few of us. Uh, it was really amazing to pitch to, to the Neiman Marcus head buyer. Um, 
and I actually can't even believe it happened, but be aware that these things are going on in the background, which is why I say IBE is a community. Um, if you have an ongoing conversation with them um, and you are a brand that is authentic and you have a good brand story and it fits in with the retail that they've pitched you to, you have an opportunity to get into somewhere like Neiman Marcus, like we did. I was totally surprised and taken aback. Um, it was two months from end of August to uh, 20th of October last year to sort it out. And, you know, the Neiman Marcus event was very much like an indie beauty, um, but with a, a customer focus. So we had a booth and we were there for two full days in the store. We got to meet customers. We got to train Neiman Marcus staff. And, you know, for us as a brand, it was number one, a dream come true. But number two, a huge learning experience. Mm. Um, negotiating with a big retailer like that, um, hearing about all the things they require of brands um, that you really you, you need to do to have a, a good brand standing with the buyer. Um, so, look, IBE can bring opportunities you didn't think possible. I mean, when Gillian pulled me aside and said, take a deep breath, I had no idea she was going to open her mouth and say Neiman Marcus. So, <laughs> you know, be prepared for these things. It's, you you'd can't even you can't know what's going to come so it's very very worth it and that it's really I, I'm, I'm going to pick up again on the fact that you keep saying about the community side of things and I'm, what i'm reading into that is it's not just that you turn you rock up to you pay for your event you rock up you do it you go away maybe you rock up for another one actually there's conversations going on with the indie beauty expo crew the other oh. brands all the time yeah well, all the time about- I think when you say to me, you know, what, what came out of Indie Beauty for you? Yes, there's retailers and press. I mean, that's to be expected. It is an expo. Um, but really what's meant the most to me is the mentors that I've gained. Um, so people in this industry that are much further along than me that are somehow willing to talk to me and tell me their, their stories. Um, but the friends that I've made, um, fellow brand founders that have helped me along this journey, um, and, of course, Gillian and Nader that run IBE and their team, they do. I mean, you talk to them all the time. It's, you know, once a month, hey, how are you going? What do you think of this idea I've got? Am I totally off-bound off here, you know? It's, they, they become friends, whereas other expos, really what they're trying to do, get you to meet buyers, maybe a bit of press, yes. and much else afterwards. Um, yeah. Look, we've definitely thought about other expos. We've been courted by the expos trying to have us, but I always say, what's the follow-through? Um, and there's really not much with any of the others so yeah it's like they've crafted their own way of doing it and it is completely different to everything and I think that's one of the things that we're dead excited about over here um, oh, yeah. yeah we're more used to sort of you know you pitch up you pay you do your thing you you go away um, and then you sort of puts in a huge amount of work Rachel I don't think any of us really realizes how much they do in the background um, Yes, they hire a big PR firm for every event, um, usually one that's local to the city that they are um, exhibiting in. But you don't just hire a firm like that and walk away. You, work, you are working with these PR firms um, constantly up front. Gillian will often ask brands before the events to send her product to send to these PR companies yeah. um, for review. Um, they're working with retailers before the event, highlighting brands that are you know, top of mind or have a good story or a great product. So, yes, there's a lot happening around this, and that team works around the clock for you. So they really are brilliant. It sounds really exciting. Oh, really, I love them. really <laughs> exciting. So I guess um, from your point of view, it's definitely worth it. 
<laughs> if you are in the right position and you are ready ready for the for the excitement the pressure and everything else is going to come with this then it's definitely worth the money definitely um i mean I don't, I don't think you can ever look at something as a purely monetary ROI. I think um, there's a lot that happens around it. That, I mean, I didn't know a year and a half ago that these kind of things would come out of it. Um, and like I say, IBE is doing a lot of wonderful things in the background that we can't even anticipate where they're going. Mm -hmm. In a year and a half ago, they were just an expo. Now they are Beauty Independence, an unbelievable magazine that's highlighting stories for, for the little guys like us. Yeah. I mean, my daily read. Yeah. And now we've got Beauty X, you know, a professional learning platform for those of us at this level. Um, so who knows where to next? And I, I really want to be part of that community as they grow. Because like you say, this doesn't exist anywhere else. No, no, no it doesn't. It doesn't. And I, yeah, and it's the fact that there is so much more to just, there's so much more that we perhaps didn't understand until we were talking to you today beyond the fact that it's not just an event there is all this support there's all this network um there's all those access to all those sorts of things i mean the press thing alone what you were saying about the press because i'm a i am a total believer in never ever paying for any kind of yeah. uh, a press it we should never be um, we should never be paying for it but it but it's hard. It's hard to get press. So just to be a part of it for that reason and to get all that good press is, is pretty good stuff anyway. Yeah. I mean, my, my business partner, Rachel, is a PR guru. It's what she spent her life doing before she joined me. So I got very lucky there. But something she made me realize, those business cards, man, they're going to give you addresses and places to just send a care package, you know, to Allure or Vogue or whatever. Um, I mean, our, our stint in Vogue Korea that just came out now in January was because we sent a care package to an address in Korea and we got covered. I mean, and that's because we got a business card. We just got a business card. Oh, it's just brilliant. Yeah, I mean, I think amazing. the message that also comes out of it is um, it, you know, you've got to work afterwards. It, it, you know, it's not, it doesn't come and arrive. You know, sometimes it will. People will contact you. But there is a lot of work and you've got to be there and you've got to be proactive and you've got to act on everything that you get and learn and hear and talk about during those events. Definitely, and I think um, you also need to be aware of the, the retailer cycles as well in your different geographies. I mean, the US, the big guys are starting to have conversations March, April, brand reviews, planning for the following year. So if, if you don't get it together and start these conversations, you know, November, December, start sending them things, start, you know, touching, uh, having touch points on their Instagram and their, their Twitter, um, and then planning backwards from that, maybe approaching press in like august so that you have articles coming out in october and then likewise approaching press in january so you have articles coming out in march when they're reviewing you again um all of these things are really important um and it's things that i've learned through BTX um and going to those sort of things and just from the timing of the expos so when i did the la expo it was a really really great timing because i mean sephora is based in san francisco so they're coming down to LA, they're checking you out, they're having their conversations in March, April. Um, so it's a good time to be in front of them. It's really amazing. And, you know, New York happening in August, you're getting that press coming out October, November, when you're starting to sort of put yourself in front of these big brands. So yeah. it's about timing as well. Yeah, I was going to say they've thought that one out as well, haven't they? <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Um, I would definitely say it's worth it. I'm excited to see... Um, the buyers that they bring in um, in the UK, I think, yeah. as I can tell, they've got a lot of touch points happening in Europe um, from things I'm seeing on Instagram and stories. And 
Um, yeah. I think it's going to be a really, really amazing expo, especially coming um, off the back of three years in the US. Yes, exactly. They know what they're doing, don't they? For sure. It's going to come over and, uh, and yeah, it's super, it really is very exciting. I keep checking to see when, whether it's opened up so I can buy my ticket to the, to the, to the buy indie bit. It's not open yet. Every day I'm like, it's open yet. <laughs> it's open. A lot of um, bloggers and things that maybe were a bit hesitant to go to the, go to the US last year. Um, it was a big expense coming from Australia or Singapore. Mm. But a lot of bloggers coming from Asia, you know, for Europe, to come to Europe is much easier. So I think we'll get quite a lot of international presence at this one, which I'm really looking forward to. Mm. Oh, good. Yeah, well, it's going to be quite amazing. So just to finish off, if you had to pick out maybe two or three of your sort of really top tips for anybody who is in a position and is seriously thinking about doing this, what would those kind of, just those couple of top tips be? Prepare, so prepare your pitch. Um, try it on as many people as you can. Um, you know, if, if you need to spend a week of your life practicing your pitch to get it right, do it. Um, look is everything. Um, the, the way you present yourself, the way that you stand, the fact that you, your mobile phone is nowhere in sight, um, that makes a huge difference. And number three, I think something that rings true for me is um, spend what you need to spend to do it right. Yeah. Find a way, hustle, find a way. I know, you know, we're not big companies with huge budgets, but do it right. Do it right the first time. Don't, don't waste that opportunity. Do it right. Yeah. And you, when you're really going to pay, when you're going to put yourself in the spotlight and you're going to pay that money, then just, yeah, just go for it. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't scrimp on anything. Um, yeah yeah just absolutely go for it oh gosh i think that's given us a really 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 good idea um for anybody who is out there who who got those questions those are the ones that were flooding in it was like oh we don't really know where how this works and everything so yeah. absolutely fantastic so thank you thank you thank you so much Janae, for coming on and, uh, and having a chat with us i really do appreciate it um no, you were the only person i thought of who i just like oh, i know somebody who can answer all these questions so it's incredible that you've given up this time for us and i do and appreciate anyone that. that wants to pm me if you've got questions i mean just ask um i know that i probably come across as the biggest proponent of ibe and it's because i've had such a good experience with this team um i know people that have had mediocre experiences and to be very honest it comes down to brand readiness as i said authenticity and how you present yourself um, and really, ultimately, if, if that doesn't work, then maybe you need to go back to the drawing board and fix a few things, which we all do. I mean, even, even my brand is, is going through a bit of a refresh now because you learn. It's a point of being at an expo. Learn. Take the feedback. Um, don't get hurt if someone says something you don't like. Ask why they said that. And if you need to fix something, don't be afraid to. Oh, that's brilliant. That's incredible advice. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you again very very much for that um and um, we will hopefully well i will definitely i mean, there's no way i'm missing it i will definitely see you in london but hopefully some of the other guys who are watching this will also see you in london one way it's going to be amazing the indie beauty delivers community is a place for beautypreneurs across the globe to network learn and share you're invited to join in on facebook instagram and sign up to Rachel's special email group to receive weekly blogs packed full of expert tips. Visit IndieBeautyDelivers.com to sign up.